Hello, I'm Ant, and this is On the Left Side. Warning, this podcast contains explicit language and content some listeners may find objectionable. This is The Offensive. Every now and then we'd like to do a slightly different show and have a chat with people who are doing weird and wonderful things in the world of football. And while football is still in limbo, it seems like the perfect time to do that again. Today I'm talking to Adam Jarrell and Joel Emery, the geniuses behind The Offensive Podcast. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, once you've heard this, I reckon you'll probably go and find it and subscribe. It's a mockumentary following the main characters at fictional Premier League club, Ashwood City. They're just about to come to the end of their second season, but before we speak to Adam and Joel, here's what it sounds like. So we're 19th. We need to be picking points up from... Excuse me, we are 18th. We're 19th, Patrick. Villa are 18th. No, we're not. Villa are 19th and we're 18th. We are just below the dotted line. We're rotting meat in the Villa Norwich sandwich, mate. We are 19th. Woody. What? What position are we in the league? 19th. Who the fuck are you? Tickets, please. Oh, sorry. (laughs) There you go. Your train ticket, you fucking idiot. Not your match day ticket. Oh, sorry. Uh, 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 There. Thank you. Cheers. Woody. The train driver told you, pal, we're 19th. God, he's not the driver. Does he look like the fucking driver? We're going 100 miles an hour and he's shuffling through the carriage like Captain Tom. Whatever. We're 19th. God, you two are idiots. Let me look this up. Oh, what? We're 19th. Jesus Christ. How did this happen? Adam, Joel, thanks so much for joining us today. Now, I understand, Joel, you're the main writer, and Adam, you produce and direct. You And you also do a lot of the voices, including one of the main characters, in fact, possibly my favourite, Woody. But your regular job is an actor, right? Yes, it is, yeah. I've been I've been fortunate enough to make my living as an actor and a singer um, for, for quite some time now, but I've always had a creative relationship with Joel. Um, I'll let Joel take over and t- tell you about him because it's way more interesting than me. Is it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You sing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> on what, stage. What, how is my more interesting? Yeah, so I, um, I've kind of like fiddled around with with writing for ages. I got a job working in football broadcasting when I came out of university. Um, kind of working like in a like graphics role on match of the day and then I kind of an idea that I'd had since I was about 14 which was the offensive um the more I kind of uh ingratiated myself into the football community the more I realized they do kind of speak to each other like that and treat each other like that and it is um it's coarse and and scary and there's bullying and all those kinds of things but it's all done um in a very funny way. That sounds like quite a frivolous thing to say, doesn't it? So then the idea became a lot more important to me um, a couple of years ago after we tried a video demo. Um, we didn't love it. We shelved it. And then when it was bouncing around a few TV production companies, a writer who had written a f- decades ago, who'd done it, was pretty famous, had commented that the script had no visual gags in it and I, I think it was as a as a diss um and then only when I heard it's got no visual gags in it it occurred to me that we could do uh something audio and then Adam was doing his podcast at the time so then I picked Adam's brain and then later on we made it as for making a living as a writer I would say it's just just kind of like taking off now and I would imagine that kind of happens after you do 80 episodes of something. I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Prove that I can do it. 
I mean, I think the writing is brilliant, but on the whole, the, the entire show sounds massive, which makes me wonder, did you have any budget to begin with other than your own time? Did someone pay you? Did you pitch it? Uh, w- were you commissioned by someone? Or did you just go, we've got this idea, we're going to go and no. start making it? No, we just said we're going to start making it. Um, of course, it started as a thing where we did it in our time off, and it still it still is to a certain degree. Uh, we're just... As as most of the world are, just f- can't work at the moment. So we've been able to really channel a lot into this and 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 and, and other projects as well. But this, um, no, it, it just start as soon as Joel said, "Do you think you can do it for audio?" And it wasn't like yes or no, kid. Uh, somehow Joel was American then. He was like yes or no. Is that the answer? And um, it was just like, "Do you think we can make it work?" And I just thought, well, as you said earlier, a, 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 a football version of the thick of it lends itself to audio because you can you can easily watch the thick of it with your eyes closed and it's just there's not that many visual gags there, there are granted but and I, I knew i knew that joel would smash it out of the park and oh, sorry that was that sounded horrible that but I, I knew that joel would i liked did it did you oh thanks mate but and yeah. uh, and i just i just i knew we were on to, i always believed in the project even when we made our video demo a, a long time ago so i kind of wanted to always knock on joel's door and say is there anything else going on with that football thing? But we we were we were working on other projects as well. We've we, we've been, we've worked together for a long time. So this one was the first one where we were in full control with regards to uh, no one has to buy a ticket to see it because we've done plays before. Uh, we don't have to partner up with any uh, media companies that we might disagree with. It's just it's just uh, it's just us, and we're we're in charge of our of the shows destiny if you will uh, that's a bit dramatic but yeah so from a from a and from a sound point of view i always um uh designed the sound at first to just to sound like it's a single camera documentary and uh you know sometimes a character will enter from the right hand side and they'll fade up from a certain side because the camera's done that um we of course have artistic license with what a club would put in a documentary <laughs> and sometimes there are moments where it will be sitcom like, for instance, the Die Hard episode is is a sitcom episode. But we 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 and the most recent episode involves a performance of the stage musical Oliver. Without any <laughs> too many spoilers, but we um, uh, Joel and I will often say to each other, "Can you can you imagine when we first set out to make this that we would be doing episodes like that?" But because of the growth of the characters and because of the wonderful performances from from Paul and Helena and all the rest of the cast, and because people have taken to it so so well. Um, we we can afford to to have these silly moments as well as keeping to our roots of of it being a a boardroom football um, mockumentary. I'll I'll come on to that diehard episode in a minute because because I love it. Uh, but you do a really good job of reacting to real world events all the time, which makes it feel even more real. But that means <laughs> it must be difficult to plan ahead when you're writing. Season one was just chaos like Uh, wild west it would it would just be monday morning adam getting voice notes from me going i think i've got an idea and it could be like this and then on tuesday (laughs) night i'd be like oh it's a script now and then the actors would be like oh god um i remember going around sainsbury's trying to uh other supermarkets are available but i remember going around sainsbury's um with my shopping list leaving you voice notes going what if he's left his wallet with David Wagner, who's then given it to Jurgen Klopp? And we were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But, <laughs> there's more to it than that, but it was very much... Sometimes we'd get to Thursday, Friday, and we'd be like, 
<laughs> we need to do an episode. Jurgen Klopp has your wallet. Yes. Explain. Okay, I called Huddersfield. They had it. They gave it to David Wagner, who was seeing Jurgen Klopp the next day, and Jurgen Klopp was going to come and give it to me. Patrick. What? Can I just pretend for one night to represent a professional elite-level football club? We are a professional elite-level football club. It doesn't negate the fact that Jurgen Klopp has my wallet. If you say one more thing about this fucking wallet... Right, fine. There's a Nero card in that wallet. It's fully stamped, so that's essentially a free coffee. Oh, can I go now? So season two, we're definitely, definitely thinking in advance. Everything from people's availability, knowing that they can do something to big kind of like set pieces that we want to hit, like like, like Die Hard and, and things like that. So this was your Christmas episode this year, a homage to that classic Christmas movie. I've listened to it about 10 times now because <laughs> I think the first time I listened to it, Probably took me about 10 or 15 minutes before I, I realised what was happening. Really? And that moment that I did, it was so great. Perhaps you would like to rethink our deal. Why? Because, Mr. Cowboy, I have something else you want. Oh, eh? What's that? Now I have Angus gone. Ho, ho, ho. You monster. That was an episode that Adam had been bugging about for about a year because mm. the first Christmas episode we did um, A Christmas Carol and Adam said we've got to do Die Hard we just have to and then um, I think it was probably like September you started drawing up plans really annoying one. you yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, I remember we said we've got to do every year we've got to do a different Christmas film uh, and Die Hard we're just thinking how how could we do it how could we how could we make it work and Luckily, we managed to make it work, but I think we're, I think that's going to be a rod for our own back now, Joel, isn't it? So I think yeah. you can expect at any time this year, Ashford City to sign Kevin McAllister <laughs> at some point, and we'll see <laughs> we'll see see what happens there. Well, one thing I wanted to ask because I've never figured it out: which team have you replaced in the Premier League? Oh, be- because yeah. because you, you you seem to play everybody. Uh, or they, they come up uh, in your interactions as other players? There is a team teams. that have been in the Premier League for the past two seasons that have never played Ashwood City. They have been mentioned as a bit of a, um, sorry to leave you out, you are still around, you're just in the championship in our universe, um, and that team is Southampton. We didn't want to, they're not, I, Joel, you've said this before about that they're not annoying anyone, are they Southampton? They're just going about their business. Yeah. I will say this this decision was made two years ago when Southampton really did do nothing. <laughs> like they, there was no <laughs> there was no sort of um, you know relegation scares a couple of years ago. They were just completely out of the headlines, and it was fourteenth, thirteenth every year. That was pretty secure by March or April. You've also had some pretty interesting dynamic people and obviously you've got your own universe of pundits and commentary uh, that you have uh, and local radio stations within the within the Ashford City universe. But you've had the likes of Chris Kamara uh, coming on and be a part of it and there's some other voices that we've recognised that have come on. Uh, you had Kevin um, from Price of Football was on recently as well. They, they did a little spot for that. And they're just interested in terms of is this just people that you've reached out to and gone, we'd love to have them in for this part and you've written a part specifically? How does that all come about? Or are they people that are fans that come to you and say, I love what you do, can I be a part of it? Well, the funny thing is that I think the first voice you hear 
on episode one is Jim White. <laughs> a very special guest now on the line, Ashwood City boss and a friend of the media, it has to be said. Dan Watson is with us. Dan, how are you, pal? Hiya, Jim. Hi, guys. Hi, now, how are things at Kent's only Premier League side, Dan? It's been a quiet window for you boys, hasn't it? Yeah, you're right, Jim. It's It's been very quiet, too quiet. Mm. So I think that made people kind of sort of sit upright and go, hang on, is that... It's actually white, which which is you know you don't want to you don't want to name drop all the way through your show, but it just it really elevates it to that that level of, of realism. And I think um, with, with you saying about these different people that come on board, um, we we have a good relationship with uh, with the guys at the football ramble, obviously being under the Stakhanov banner. Um, Luke's opened us up to, uh, to uh, Luke Moore's has has done a lot for us, hasn't he, Joel? And Joel obviously yeah. working in in the business, Joel has his contacts. That makes it sound like you're a you're a, some kind of an agent yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or some kind of mafia boss but i think when people realize that it has got a, a really good honest um genuine following it's it, it, it's quite um it's, it's quite a fun thing to do especially at the moment because there's no football so yeah and also i think um <clears throat> sometimes it fits in like kira mcguire and kevin day who did it for the price of football podcast they are dealing with something that we're kind of dealing with which is the sort of dark arts behind what happens on the pitch um obviously ours is a bit more overt and satirical they're being a much more precise in their um in their calculations we're just being a bit mean <laughs> although in, in, if i remember rightly in that particular episode uh the chastising ashwood for and patrick nolan especially for furloughing the staff and the whole base of that episode was like, that is ridiculous. What kind of idiot and what kind of CEO and what kind of club would do that to their staff? And within hours, if not days, of the, of the show yeah. coming out, Tottenham announced it, Norwich announced it, and you ended up with four. And, of course, Liverpool for a short time as well almost announced it. Was this a thing of yeah, did the just sheer yeah. luck and clairvoyance? Yeah. I mean, how did you feel when, when that happened? Not surprised. It's, it's, it's the first thing we felt. The thing is, I was kind of numb to it because I had written a coronavirus episode. Um, this was before everything really, really kicked off. This was probably the first week of March. I'd written a coronavirus episode where the players were being asked to wear masks on the plane and use hand sanitizer. And when I wrote, genuinely, when I wrote that episode, it felt so over the top and I was paranoid that I'd made something that was too much about coronavirus. And by the time that episode went out, the measures didn't seem like they were enough. Like I had, if anything, I'd gone under because the landscape had shifted so quickly. <laughs> so because of the weirdness of the sort of coronavirus time, I wasn't really surprised by the furlough thing. The most amazing clairvoyance moment we've had, which we could never predict, and it's not really a satire of football at all, was in, in one of ours, the players in a Europa League episode, Chris Well, he gets a mascot that's about six foot tall and it, and it's in front of him. And we released the episode at 9pm on the Thursday. It was probably done, cut together around 3pm. And then United played, I can't remember, they might have played a Stanner, maybe. Dan James. Yeah. And Dan James had a mascot that was taller than him. And obviously it went everywhere on Twitter. And by 9pm, it looks like old news. Whereas we're trying to make a show 
yeah. where we come up with our own creative ideas and there's Dan James and his giant mascot. We've had a few of them, haven't we, Joel? Had that, that, that was the best one that springs to mind because it's so obscure. But there have been a few things where we have put an episode and then the day after we're like, what? How? What? Well, the next possible offensive prediction is that you've started the Premier League back up again in your world when there's so many question marks here in real life. Was that because you're bored of not having football at the minute or have you planned out things which will be ruined if your season doesn't end? I would... There was a, there's a lot more creative decisions than there are practical ones. The one big practical one is I keep reading that the, the Premier League is going to have this sort of glorious summer where clubs will play three games a week and it will be free to wear and all that kind of thing, which for me would mean I'd never have time for the offensive because I'd be working on that in TV. That that set off the thought train. And then the sort of creative cul-de-sac that we were in was, you know, the, the non-football storyline was, you know, Patrick's um, sort of financial crimes and, and the where that's going to take him. And then it was obviously what was happening to Ashwood in football was on the pitch. And we couldn't do either of them. So we couldn't even pay attention to, to Patrick's dealing with with HMRC and a trial because that would never go ahead. We do have a genuinely good story for, for our end of season. Yeah. And I didn't want to be in a situation where it's like, we do an episode that has to recap three games that have happened that week because the storyline is the Premier League are rushing things through because it will it will completely crush our story arc. It will flatten the curve of our story Ooh. arc and it'll fizzle out. Also, what really bugged me at the time is all other football po- podcasters were going, well, you're right, you're fictional. And I thought, do you know what? We are fictional <laughs> and it's time to make it <laughs> properly fiction. They're here on Mars. It's Mars One, Ashwin Bill. Yeah. Adam, Joel, thank you for your time today. It's been great getting to spend a little time with you. Thanks for bringing Ashwood City to the world and to our ears. And I'm in awe of what you guys do. I really wish I'd made it. <laughs> oh, mate. Thank, thank you, you. Ant. Thanks for having us. Yeah, pleasure. We'll get back to our normal format with Jim next week. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about Ashwood City and the offensive, The links are in the notes, so you can go and follow them. Thanks for listening today, and if you enjoyed it, please leave us a nice review, tell everyone how great we are, and uh, you can subscribe so you get the next episode as soon as it's ready. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. Uh, Excuse me. What? What, so I'm going to sit in there on my own, am I? Like a fucking bell end? Oh, yeah, you stormed off. Oh, that wasn't a storm wasn't off. Wasn't it? No! Yeah, it felt like a storm off, pal. I just left the area. Aye, but you did it in such a displeased mood. Yeah, I'm losing 3 0, Woody. All right, all right. Fucking hell, we'll come with. Ugh, fine. Nice. <sighs>